Blog Talk Radio.
Okay. Rusevale here. I'm hoping we'll do a little, we'll do a little audio, audio check first. Audio check. One, two. One, two. Somebody said loud, loud and clear, and somebody talking about it's low. Let me see. Let me get on in and see. I can look at it myself. All right, so y'all got to forgive me. All right. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you, Shrug. Two Gs, please. Okay, how's that right there? Is that better? Okay, I'm broadcasting simultaneously on Blog Talk. You know, I'm calling in on Blog Talk. And uh, what I wanted to talk about today was a lot of videos that are beginning to crop up and we talk about this. Uh, it's like some sovereign citizen type sovereign citizen fails. And the reason I haven't been live streaming that people are wondering is because I haven't been at my studio. I've been on the road, and I kind of don't like doing these uh, these like uh, broadcasts like this right here. It's not professional, um, you know. But uh, you know, but it allows me at least you know answer some questions and do some things like that. Um, I'm going to start out before I get into uh, get into that. I'm going to take a few questions first. I know people want to ask me questions, um, and uh, you know they haven't talked to me for a while. I haven't been on. But before I do this, I also want to let everybody know that in the uh, um, I am having a seminar on the first and the second of April. Uh, the registration link is already in the profile description of of this uh, live stream that I'm doing right now. It's going to be on trust, estate, credit, um, setting up yourself, you know, because you know, set yourself up to be private. Um, one of the best ways of doing that is to understand how to operate a trust and administer a trust, set up a trust, administer a trust. Um, there's also going to be some investment talk and things of that nature, and I got some surprises that are going to have also. It's an excellent opportunity to come out, surround yourself with like-minded individuals, and to visit Atlanta, Georgia. You can't hear the caller because the caller is not on yet. Okay. Okay. Is that better? Is that better? People, talking People talking about my voice is real low. Let me just do it like this. All right. How's that? Is that better? Is that better? Somebody asked me about making versus the United States. It says the Constitution protecting everyone from being prosecuted in a court of the United States without the intervention of a grand jury for any crime, which is subject by law to an infamous punishment. Infamous punishment. No declaration of Congress is needed to secure or, to con uh, or competent to defeat the constitutional safeguards. 
what punishment, what punishment shall be considered as infamous may be affected by the changes of public opinion from one age to another, and for more than a century imprisonment and hard labor in the state prison or penitentiary has been considered an infamous punishment in England and America. The argument by which the soundness of those conclusions have been now impugned is in substance the same as the one submitted in that case and not convinced us that there was an error in the decision. I'll, I'll, I'll look at this and see what it is. This is an interesting case. Definitely, Definitely something, something that is interesting. All right, let me go to the phone lines real quick. Let me see what that looks like and if I can hear y'all on the phone line. So I'm going to bring y'all in real quick. Uh, okay, if you are listening on Blog Talk and you want to ask a question, you have to push number five, I think, one, press one. I think it's one. You have to raise your hand if you want to ask a question. If you're listening, the call-in number is 563-999-3616. Uh, you have to hit one, and, you know, so you can, and I see you. You to raise your hand. Also, thank you, Saul M., for the 1999. Peace and prosperity to you, brother. Peace to you, too, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate the donations. The donations are available, my Super Chat. I'm only answering questions on Super Chats and everything. Those get answered first. If you have a question, a Super Chat sticker or something like that, that's going to get your questions answered off the rip. All right, so if you really have a pressing question, it's a donation button. All right, 929-6703, you're on the line, what's on your mind? You what's up? Yep, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Um... I've been following you for some time. I've been following you. And um, I've been doing quiet myself. Quiet myself. I'm going to give you my background. I'm a Jamaican. Okay. I'm a Jamaican. I came to the States like six years ago. Six years ago? No. Back in Jamaica, I was Back in Jamaica, I was very... Proud of, proud of. I could work. And, I could work, and, and um, my and my business. It wouldn't be so. It wouldn't be overbearing. So overbearing. When I got here, I got. When I got here, over. I got to start back over. I learned trade in Jamaica. I learned trade in Jamaica. Um, it was piling. It was piling. So, I used to make money so, when I, I came here. Money. When I came here, hey, 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 hold, hold, hold on for a second. Do you got something on in your, um, you got like your uh, video on or something like that because you're echoing? You're hearing feedback or something? You're hearing feedback or something? Yeah, cut off whatever it is you got on and just talk to me. Hold on. Hold on. Still hearing the feedback? Still hearing the feedback? Yeah, I am. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. Okay, okay, that, I think that's better. Okay, go ahead. So I'm saying when I came here, so I'm saying when I came here, I saw people doing quick two jobs, and the the bills are not moving. The bills are not moving. So I I wonder I I wonder what was going on. going on? Where I'm from, I know by where I'm from, I know by nature. If you plant a mango tree near your yard and you cannot eat that, you cannot eat that. 
by yourself. It would be so abundant. It would be so abundant. You got to call your neighbor. You got to call your neighbor to help you eat mangoes. To help you eat mangoes. They're going to fall in in the yard. So I said, I know this problem is money. So I went and I started studying banking law. Okay, Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I had to get rid of the Yeah, I started studying banking law. So so I started studying everything came out of England. I started going through everything that is where I come across your channel and what you're teaching. My whole concept of this, I know um I know your so advanced in this study, you know, um, you could even um, walk me through some process. Now, I do music also. So, um, color fee, like, I got this question for you. First question, why do they call it color fee when it is in the line with patent or copyright? Because by law, the reason why we cannot print anything like it because it is, uh, let's look at it from an artistic standpoint, which they really register our copyright, that um, graphic design that is on the the the, um, the instrument, our patent. However, they're using the word counterfeit, but when you look at copyright, it simply means you cannot infringe upon anyone else's property. As relates to what? Uh, copyright. Because what you're doing is you are copying somebody else's intellectual property when you want to go to your computer and make something like any governmental instrument that, that is issued. If you want to look at it from that and or any private instrument that is issued into the public, your copyright, you're, you're infringing upon their patent or copyright when you create something in that light manner. I know they use the word counterfeit, but when you look at patenting... First of all, first and foremost, let me say this to you. I... <laughs> They use the word counterfeit or copyright whenever you infringe, not when you produce a private instrument. The, the problem people are having is that they put these routing numbers on the bottom of their instrument, which makes it a public instrument. Okay, when you start routing things to the American Banking Association, you're infringing, their, you're infringing on their intellectual property, and you haven't been given permission to route any type of negotiable instruments to their system unless you do so formally through, like, you go get, become a DTC participant or you get, um, you know, or something like that. But they're not just they're not just arbitrarily and capriciously labeling your instrument or saying that you copyrighted something you have. If you knew how to draft the instrument properly, then it would not cross over those lines. It's, it's, it's a thing that is public and private, okay? That is all this is. If there's something that's private, it doesn't have anything to do with the government. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I I I I learned that that term I learned from you 
And that is also in the Jamaican constitution. And I look elsewhere for it. They they got public and private in there also. But what I'm saying is, I get the private instrument. What I'm saying is the word counterfeit, um, I want to break the the um I want to break the, the, the overall thinking of counterfeit being something that you cannot look at it from the standpoint of copyright. Because even if one should think, as you mentioned, private instrument, since this is just paper and ink, can I duplicate or, or, or can I print something like it? But they're saying if you print something like it, right, then you're infringing upon their copyright. Not only that, if we find you with over $10,000 here and you cannot give account with this money going through the social security or going through EIN number, then we're going to take it because you're doing money laundering because this is not your instrument. I would say in my own words, my own opinion, you have no right to it. So the penalty of utilizing it, it comes underneath taxation. And you come through this, through these channels to obtain it. And if you cannot show these things, then we're going to take it from you. Even when it being written on it, this is to pay all debts in public and private. You get what I'm saying? I'm just going to tell you from my experience. My experience, because I have a case on my on this channel right now that I have posted where somebody's in court for a negotiable instrument, and the prosecutor said that they put routing numbers on it. Okay? Now, if, you, if anyone has the right to make a negotiable instrument, Bills of exchange and promissory notes are something any private person. There's a whole world of private negotiable instruments right now that everybody deals with, okay? So that's not the issue. The issue is whether or not you are, and they do have to protect the integrity of the currency of the country, whether it's, whether it's fiat currency or not. they got to protect it. So you can't have people just going on their copy machines making $100 bills. A $100 bill is a promissory note. Are you telling me that you think it should be okay for you to copy a $100 bill and then make a presentment of that for payment on something off of a computer? No, I'm not saying that at all. I I, I know that um, each person who created um, an instrument is using that intellectual, their, their um, intellectual creativity to create that, and you should create your own stuff, and you should issue it but even uh, you spoke about using the routing number over and over i don't know about your other listeners but you always on this topic stop putting routing numbers on your instrument you clarify that 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 is something that the banks um use private individuals must not use such let me tell you this. Let me tell you, the routing numbers came from this this thing, first of all, that you had a private treasury direct. Okay, the routing number can derive from this notion that there was a, uh, a treasury direct account that you had access to. Okay, 
Now, the secured party process that I teach has never taught that. That's never been a part of secured party, a treasury direct account. Never has it been a part of the process. And I didn't create this process. I didn't create any of these processes. It's never been a part of secured party. Secured party, the routing number is the registered mail number. The registered mail, because we're dealing with holder and holder in due course. Even with a bank, you're dealing with holder and holder in due course. When you give a bank a negotiable instrument, they become the holder of that instrument. You are the holder in due course of that instrument. That is all that matters. It doesn't, it doesn't, when we talk about banking and negotiable instruments, three of the UCC, where they're talking about banks or anything, I mean, they do have intermediaries that they discuss in Article 8 of the UCC, but they're not talking about banks or anything like that because that's not the issue. The issue is whether or not you gave something of value to someone and whether or not they're in possession of it. Who And have they negotiated that? And who has the right for a redemption of that particular instrument? So there's no need to put routing numbers at the bottom of your instrument. The routing number, the, the registered mail number just evidences who is in possession of the instrument. Once they have it, we don't care what they do with it. They can negotiate it and do whatever they want with it. That's what negotiable instruments are for. But they have noticed that you are the holder in due course of that instrument because you filed a claim on that instrument by filing a UCC-1 and then sending them a copy of that UCC-1 that serves as notice pursuant to UCC-1-202 that they have notice of your interest in that particular instrument. And that was what makes you the holder in due course. So as far as uh, I've never seen anybody get attacked on a negotiable instrument that was created that way. The only people I've seen get an attack for negotiable instruments are the ones who put routing numbers on them, kind of way that will, because the first thing they're going to do is give it to the uh, district attorney to see if he can, if there's something on the instrument that they can charge you with. First thing they're going to do is give it to him. He's going to look at it and see if there's something public on here, you know, that violates something public policy to allow them to uh, charge you. As you men- as you mentioned that and you talk about value, don't you think the value pertaining to these papers and ink is our perception? Would you put it in, in that in, in that sense? Because even in, in the paper money theory, even even in the paper money theory, a lot of the judge, judges are saying, You just issue a piece of paper. There is no value. You have no value. Uh, on that piece of paper when everything is just a okay. promise to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. I got you. I got you. Okay, we have something called so, security. So, okay. So I'm now saying the judge. On a, on a negotiable instrument, if it's been collateral supporting it, that collateral could be anything from gold and silver um, to, to mortgages, a house, to a car, to labor. To labor. Okay? Labor. Okay? Something of value. All right? Don't let these judges uh, fool you with this vapor money theory because Federal Reserve notes have no value whatsoever either. And anybody who's watching this, you can watch, read Modern Money Mechanics. Let me pull this up. Let me pull this up for you real quick. I know we got the Annie Collins with me. Modern Money As you're looking for modern money mechanics, I'm going to spell this being, you could go to the Federal Reserve website and look on um, 
the 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 cost of producing currency. It's it's um it's seventeen cents to produce a uh, hundred dollar bill. Let's read this real quick. What is money? Money is viewed, and I'm reading this right here. This comes out, this is put out by the Federal Reserve of Chicago. All right. What is money? If money is viewed simply as a tool used to facilitate transactions, only those media that are readily acceptable in exchange for goods and services and other assets need to be considered. All right, so right here, exchange for goods and services and other assets. Many things, many things from stones to baseball cards have served this monetary function through the ages. Today in the United States, money is used in transactions and mainly to money and coins in the pockets and purses of the public, demand deposits, non-interest-bearing checking accounts and banks, and other checkable deposits such as negotiable order or withdrawal now accounts at all depository institutions, including commercial and saving banks, savings and loan associations, and credit unions. Childless checks are also included in the definition of transactions money. Since $1 in currency and $1 in a checkable deposit are fully convertible into each other, and both can be used directly for expenditures, they are money in equal degree. However, only the cash and balances held by the non-bank uh, public are counted in the money supply. Deposits of the U.S. Treasury, Depository institutions, foreign banks, and official institutions, as well as bulk cash and depository institutions, are excluded. This transaction concept of money is the one designated as M1 in the Federal Reserve Money Stock Statistics. Broader concepts of money, M2 and M3, including M1, as well as certain other financial assets, such as savings and time deposits or depository institutions, shares of money, market mutual funds, which are relatively liquid. And let me get, let me go on down here. What makes money valuable? This is what I, I, I want to read. It's right here. In the United States, neither paper currency nor deposits have value as commodities. They don't have any value. So I don't know what the you judges who are looking at this, okay, they don't have any value, okay? Intrinsically, a dollar bill is just a piece of paper. Deposits merely book entries. Coins do have some intrinsic value as metal, but generally far less than their face value. What then makes these instruments, checks, paper money, and coins acceptable at face value and payment of all debt and for other monetary uses? Mainly, it is the confidence people have that they will be able to exchange such money for other financial assets and for real goods and services whenever they choose to do so. So right here, right here, these people are telling me that the only, uh, only reason money has any value it's because of the confidence. They're negotiable instruments. Federal Reserve notes have value because I can take it down the street and I, somebody will accept it. Somebody will accept it as payment for something. Okay? But when you create a negotiable instrument, okay, that somebody hasn't seen before, okay, the first concern they're going to have is whether or not they can negotiate that instrument to someone else. Usually, in the, uh, in, the, um, uh, uh, in the negotiable instruments market that currently is going on in the world right now, they want to see a customer information sheet, and they want to show that you have some sort of uh, uh, um, uh, 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 
uh, Cusick number with your particular instrument that evidences it's been verified by a financial institution that lets everybody know there's some sort of collateral supporting that particular instrument. So in case you don't perform, they have some sort of collateral they can get. Not much different from a mortgage that's on a house or anything like that. So, yes, everything that's circulating around in the public today are negotiable instruments, but the value that is derived from them is dependent on if they've been collateralized or not. And whether or not they're going to be accepted depends on whether or not somebody's willing to take a negotiable instrument that has security or not, or without security. I can tell you very few people will take a negotiable instrument that hasn't been securitized. When we do the secure party process, we are securitizing our negotiable instruments with a promise of future labor, the same way that the United States of America, when they go to the Federal Reserve and get more money and borrow a trillion dollars, that is on the backs of the American taxpayer. They're given the promise that the American taxpayers will go to work on jobs, work nine to five, allow the government to take 33% of their money to pay back the interest on the national debt. That's the full faith and credit of the United States. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. To break it down is um, you got to have some substance behind the paper and ink. Yeah. Yeah. As you normally said, even in, in, in your trust crisis is, is, is um, substance behind, behind um, um, theory. You could say anything, but your actions have to display whatsoever. So you could give write anything on paper, but they need some substance behind that instrument. Make a lot of sense. You do have to have something back in your negotiable instrument. Um, even with our secure party process that we do, we are, our instruments are collateralized. That is the whole reason I try to tell people. They try to tell me, like, well, do you have to be a secure party to discharge debt? And I always tell them, no, you don't. You know, you, you're just drawing up a promissory note based off of what? Okay, you don't. You haven't lodged the claim on it anywhere. But that would be in in, in, uh, in harmony with UCC 3-306. Okay, how are you going to recoup anything on it? Like with UCC 3-305, how are you going to demonstrate to the holder due course you haven't given notice to someone of your interest in it? That's what UCC 3-302 is. Okay, these are things that you know people who are not familiar with negotiable instruments they can't answer these questions. Right? They don't understand the purpose of doing the secure party process. Uh, the secure party process is a collateralization process where you're collateralizing all of your instruments that you will be issuing um, you know, to discharge debt, not to pay for things, not to buy things. Nowhere does it say in H.R. 192, June 5, 1933, Public Law 73-10, or Title 31-5118, does it say anything about buying something? Right? Because of the, the decision, you just discharge your debt dollar for dollar. Okay, it doesn't say anything about buying anything. And people continuously telling me they try to, you can't pay your rent. You can't pay your rent with these processes. You can't go buy a car. You can't, you can't buy anything with it. It's the offset debt, public obligation. And really, you're supposed to be doing it um, uh, really in an attempt to get completely out of the public. People try to discharge debt and stay in the public. No, you got to leave the public. You got to, you know, you got to be a private individual. You know, that's why I'm sitting here telling you, why do they have all these other additional steps with the secure party process? 
okay? You get your 4-5 number, okay? You get a court number and a state number. That's for your business and personal credit. You get your 9-8 number. That's to hold all your property in, okay? Anything so you can use something other than a Social Security number. You're supposed to be getting everything out of your name. You're supposed to be leaving the public, not staying in the public. You, then you get your you credit so. card and you put it in your corporation's name. This apartment I'm in, it's in my corporate. I, these are, I got a corporate lease on my apartment. My cars are in my corporation. I got a house in a truck, okay? My cell phones are in my corporation. My credit cards are in my corporate. Everything is in something other entity. People got to get an understanding that it's public and private. Yeah, but um, I, I heard you said something before. I was very baffled by it, but as, my, as I continue to study, um, I realize now what you were saying back then. I hear you said um, people don't know how to manifest things in their own presence. And I, and I know a lot of this is, is based on our um, not developed um, not not develop enough pertaining to the spiritual laws it, it really hold hold us back in these areas because the more i study money the the more i see the spiritual laws even stuff that you said it's it's just take me back because we 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 you i heard you said this before you said listen if you're going to be in in the private you got to learn to make money and you, it's not going to work yeah. if you don't learn to make money a lot of us want to discharge our bills want to do this and it we're underperforming in in this manner a lot of people just see an opportunity to get something for nothing or to you know they have an exigent circumstance that they have this pressing and they're looking for some quick fix and you know that's something that i noticed you know with this you know early on and you know start studying this is that a lot there are a lot of quick fix people out there and a lot of quick fix peddlers out there that tell you all you need to do is go in court and say these words or you know or you know you just give them this negotiable instrument and things like that and they don't understand that we live in an adversarial system you know that you know they say why didn't they accept it that's what i'm going to talk about too when i'm going to talk about i'm going to show you all these cases um that uh, they're just traffic cases most of them are traffic cases a little traffic cases and things like that but the thing is, is that, you know, people, they'll go and just listen to something just briefly and then go and attempt to try to do it, and then they don't have it down all the way. I'm listening to this guy, and he's trying to, he's making an attempt to go into court and challenge jurisdiction or ask the court uh, what jurisdiction they're operating under. You got some anti-sovereign guy, he's making a review video of this clown, he's a fucking clown. I hope you're looking at my video, and I hope you go and make a fucking video about me, too. Because I'm challenging all y'all to public debate. Because I haven't been, like, calling people out, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking for some en- enemies. I'm going to follow the 48 laws of power, and I'm going to create some enemies for myself. You motherfuckers are out there playing on people's from, ignorance. Because this gentleman is from, in court. He's asking the judge, pursuant to the Sixth Amendment, what jurisdiction they're operating under. And this judge told him a statutory jurisdiction. You over there giving commentary on it, talking about does he not understand. Okay, you obviously don't understand. The Constitution only gives four jurisdictions, fool, common law, equity, admiralty, maritime. Dumbass. We're not operating under common law. Equity don't have a criminal uh, 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 aspect attached to it. That leaves admiralty, maritime. 
which has a criminal aspect to it, but it's civil in nature, which means it's something pecuniary in nature. About money, if you don't know what the word pecuniary means. Anybody with a seventh grade education and figure this, listen, now I'm no, going to take another call. Just keep listening. I'm going to get into some discussions on some of this money and things, okay? I got to take another call, all right? All right, shut up. All right, come on. All right, let me go over to 917-1353. Hey, uh, hey, um, Yusuf. Hey, what's happening? Hey, no. Well, Yusuf, my, uh, um, my thing is not really about the topic today. It's about, um, I'm the gentleman who, uh, I believe it was like five, six months ago I spoke with you, um, about, uh, it was a video my uncle did, uh, with the fingerprints for the felony of the case and how to close those. Uh, I believe I had a number. I, I was calling the number and I believe you text me and I text, I text the number back. But, um, I was, uh, the last time, I believe it was three months ago, you told me to get a consultation. Um, on it, we'll go further. So I, you told me to go get the um, fingerprints. I did that. I got my fingerprints back, so I know what's on the only it. Reason I would, now, the only reason I would tell somebody to get fingerprints is if you're trying to get your jacket. You trying to get a copy of your jacket? Yes. So, so I did it on a state level. So I wanted to know if I could get a consultation with you because I have some. Um, I'm about to start doing business. Uh, with uh, um, getting government contracts. I did hear a video with you the other day where it's an old, old video where you were saying do it in the LLC, but I'm also trying to get my um, gun license as well, and that was one thing that was stopping me. So I wanted to know when can I get a consultation with you? Um, I'm open to do one ASAP. It's just about, I know you're busy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold, I know hold, you're a busy hold, guy. Hold, hold, hold on. You, you're trying to get, you're trying to get, to, you got a felony on your record? Yes. And you're trying to get a gun license? Yeah, so that, um, when I applied for it, it Hold on, listen, not, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. You're trying to get a gun, you got a felony on your record. You're trying to get a gun license. Is the felony state or federal? State. Okay, you know you can get your your criminal record expunged, or are you trying to like use some sort of process where you go in and offset those off of your criminal record? I was trying to use some process that my uncle used with uh, it was a video that you gave. He said some time ago exactly how to do it, but in New York uh, State they don't do expunges. They do like a certificate to restore you back to society, but I got that, but it's still not helping. New York State, I believe, is the only state that don't do expungements. Hmm, interesting. Uh, yeah, we can talk about that. I can show you. I can show you what I know uh, as it relates to that. Yeah, that's not a problem. It's not a problem. Okay. So, um, so when can I get this consultation with you? First of all, you know, just email me at consultations at stcuniversity.com. 
That's my Hello. You know, if you go on my website on my contact page, I got four emails. And I want everybody to listen to what I'm saying. If you email me anywhere else that is not on that contact page on SCC University, you're not getting answered. Nothing is getting answered. Okay, if you go to sccuniversity.com, there's a contact page. Those are the emails I got. One for consultations. One if you need to counsel an account. That's one. There's an email for that. There's an email for technical support, and there's an email for customer service. Okay, those are what the emails are. So do not email me any. If you email me at a Gmail account, it's not getting answered. Not getting answered at all. I got four emails. That's it. Nothing else. It's email. People emailing me all over the place, inboxing me on Facebook, Instagram, you know, and, I, and, I, and y'all expect me to really to answer all of this shit. It's incredible. You know, it's like people just feel like they can contact me, call me whenever they want to, and I'm only doing Zoom, uh, uh, Zoom consultations from now on. You know, nobody get my phone number no more. Because people feel like if they get my phone number, you just call me anytime you want to. I'm crazy. I don't even do I don't even do consultations on the weekend. So if you're calling me on the weekend, crazy. I ain't answering the phone. I'll probably never answer your phone if you if you call me on the weekend. I don't talk on the weekend. My weekends are for me. All right? They're for me. I'm not I'm not doing no consultations on the weekend. FY. Anyway. That's it, okay? I so just just to make sure I got the right email, you said it was consultation, what again? Consultations at sccuniversity.com. You go to SCC University, uh, contact. Let me see if I can just do it for everybody. If you go to contact page. And let me just, let me just, let me just pull it up. Let me follow you while you're doing it. I mean, just get on it. I'm putting on. I'm putting on the screen for everybody to see right now. All right. So that means I got to go to the screen because I'm not on the screen. I'm on the the call part. So hold on. Okay. Okay. University.com. For the seminar, $399 is going to go up to $499 after the 18th. Top right there. You can register, reserve a room at the Marriott. You can register right here. You click the registration link. And then if you can either pay with this, you can add it to your cart. And then do your cart. And then you can check out the PayPal or you can use a debit or credit card, blah, blah, blah. That's it. All right. Anyway, I hope that helps, all right? All right. Thank you. I'll be doing that. Thank you, Yusuf. All right. You're welcome. You're welcome. We got a lot of people in chat and everything. Hold on real quick. Before we go and ask, answer any more questions. I want to get to this right here. All right. This right here. And, uh, I'm 
Oh, here it is right here. All right. I want, I want everybody, I want y'all to look right quick. I want y'all to see, you, you see these videos right here, Trick, Judge teaches young sovereign citizen hard lesson, and sovereign citizen goes toe to toe. People to go over here and look at this video. This guy right here. All right. Let me, let, me, let, me get, let me get back. Let me, let me tell y'all why I'm talking about this today. The video, let me talk, let me just tell you what the video is about. The video was about coming into court using the Sixth Amendment as a defense and trying to understand the nature and cause of the answer. And how the judge responded to it was textbook. Okay, it was what they always do. He said they're under statutory jurisdiction. He was being very aggressive. Now, the, the gentleman was very polite, and he's being very aggressive. And you got these guys, they trying to give review on it, talking about what an idiot he was. I'm like, you're the fucking idiot. The Constitution for the United States of America protects everybody's right to know the nature and cause of any action, and it's incumbent upon that you get an understanding. If you don't understand what's going on, you can't proceed forward. And just because the judge gave an answer like statutory jurisdiction, you claim that he don't understand. No, you don't understand. There's no such fucking thing as a statutory jurisdiction. And if you think it is, you can simply ask the question, Yana, I will be conditioned to accept your contention that we are operating under a statutory jurisdiction upon proof of claim the Honorable Judge to provide me with information where I can go find the public rules of criminal procedure for a statutory jurisdiction. And you can take your ass in the law library and ask the fucking law clerk for it. Okay? You got these idiotic people on here who are motherfucking making videos trying to make people who going in the court look stupid and they just evidence that they're the most stupidest people ever. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Let's look at these comments. Look at these fucking comments on this. Nothing has to be proven to the defendant, only to be proven to the satisfaction of the judge or the jury. Where the fuck did you get that from? Where did you get that from? Right here. Somehow I do believe this judge is going to prove his jurisdiction to this crime. Let's look on these pictures. Let's see who are these people who are making these comments. Who are these people? 
Some guy got 20 subscribers, never dull in Vegas, triple hunt. This is more bullshit. Look at this one right here. These people. Who are these people? Who are these people just making these comments? Doing the same thing over and over again with no success is called insanity. Look at these, look at, look at, look at these weirdos smelling on here. Who are these people? I believe he stated that his notary witnesses alive. That's great because the testimony of a dead notary is not admissible in court of law. I don't even know what he's talking about. The only way to deal with these fools is with jail time. It works like magic. I remember a couple of months ago, a sovereign citizen after spending less than 40 hours in jail, he begged the judge for forgiveness and renounced his sovereign citizenship. Look, look at these guys. This is what this is what's being put out there for, and it's obvious that it's all these these are all just these plants. But I want y'all to go watch these videos. I want you to watch. I mean, I'm starting to post these videos on my channel. I want you to watch these videos. I want you to look and see what these people are doing and how they're trying to they're trying to get a hold because that's a question they've never been able to ask. They in the way that he's answering it, they do threat, arrest, and intimidation. Let me let me let me, let me put, put y'all on game. Y'all on game right now. Put y'all on game. Hopefully y'all watching the stream. I'm going to show y'all some documents. Y'all just y'all just roll with me for a second, all right? This is one book that has been around for a long time that has all of these defenses in it that I was talking about. It's called Support Survival Guide. I put a link to it in the description of this video. You can click on the link, and you can get access to it. Now, I want to go down here, and I want to show you all some things, guys. Let's get down here. Let's look at common law. Equity or amnesty. Common law, okay, so right here. Uh, let me see, let me see. Do I want to go to defensive techniques? Colorable means phony, bogus, and not genuine. Chances are, if, you're in court, if, if your court hasn't yet converted over to Article 3 common law yet, as the sealed executive order from the U.S. Attorney General, which is some bullshit. I don't know where that came from. It sounds like you saw it as a sovereign citizen, myth-type shit. Then it's far from me operating as a statutory court of commerce with international jurisdiction. By holding the court to a legal jurisdiction, you automatically expose their fraud. And you do automatically expose their fraud. Because as soon as you ask that question, they start jumping all over the place, coming with the bullshit. That's why I want you to watch those videos. They're trying to convince all of you who aren't very astute or who don't know a lot about this stuff. Okay, it's like, oh, okay, you know, this is some bullshit, okay? All right, so let's look at, um, let's look at what, here are some things you want to do. Few more general factors and guidelines in preparation for playing your winning strategy. Number one, make sure that you're in the court of record. 
Before you say anything else, just ask the judge if the recorder is on. This will put them on notice that you mean business and you will not be hoodwinked. Number two, if they ask if you understand, say no. This is a surefire way to control the case and employ the best strategy described herein. If you answer yes, you're giving up your Sixth Amendment liberty, so just say no and use this opportunity to embarrass the judge into admitting more of the truth, uh, the law, or the judicial decisions related to your lack of understanding. And, that's, and that is absolutely correct. They're going to give you all kind of ridiculous answers like this is a statutory jurisdiction. We're operating under the state constitution, all types of bullshit. When the, the Constitution for the United States of America only names four jurisdictions, common law, equity, amity, maritime. So any of you fake-ass, anti-sovereign, communist, socialist, punks on here listening right now, when you take your bitch ass out, go make a video about me, all right, because you dumb motherfuckers. only thing that's going to work on is people who don't know what the fuck is going on. I said I was not going to cuss because I wanted to get this monetized. <laughs> question you answer in court digs you deeper and deeper into the jurisdictional hole. It does. Every time you answer a question, you're granting jurisdiction. That's what most of the average person does not understand. When you go into court and you answer to your name or anything like that without specifying you, oh, you making a special appearance. I saw them talking about a special appearance. There are special appearances and general appearances. I'm going to show you the definition of those in just a second as well. I have a if you are in there and you start answering questions, you're granting jurisdiction. Act dumb and play smart. Give smile, thanks, apologize, and ask. This is one of the most successful strategies in the initial appearance. All right. Bait, steer, and corner. All right. And I love this bait, steer, and corner. All right. This is what you want to do. All right. You want to use this as a preference. Okay, now, just so I understand you precisely, has the automated judicial determination, like he told you to, you know, hey, you be quiet if you say something else. Like you was telling this young man, if you say something else, I'm going to give you contempt. Okay, okay. Now, just so I understand you precisely, has the automated judicial determination that I'm not to be afforded my due process of right of freedom of speech in these proceedings? I'm sorry. Uh, now, just so I understand you precisely, has the honorable judge made a judicial determination that I'm not to be afforded Sixth Amendment protections of knowing the nature and cause of this action. Okay, uh, just so I understand precisely, as John made a judicial determination, you understand what I'm saying? You ask a question. When they say something, ask a question and make sure you get it on record. Know your options, pause whenever necessary. Know your motion. These are your motions you got. Don't let them rush you through anything. They, that's one of their favorite ones, trying to rush you and shut you up. You say anything else, I'm going to give you contempt. I'm like, they don't want you talking, especially on record. They're going to be very aggressive. They be aggressive for no reason, like this young man. He's just asking a question. He's very polite. He's very courteous to the court. The judge want to give him a contempt charge because he's under the Sixth Amendment. He's asking his judge the nature and cause of the action. And the judge is acting like this man and ran over somebody and killed somebody. Can y'all hear me? Make sure y'all, my mic is going in and out because my my my, my face is uh, is going away from the mic. All right, let's look at let's look at another one. Learn how to nullify the judge's lame excuses. You might hear the judge say, "Well, I don't have the law or evidence in front of me." When you attempt to state legal proof, this is the judge's childish attempt to ignore the law or the evidence supporting your defense. 
So take your copy up and put it right under his nose. It is your responsibility to bring the law into court so that there will be no more excuses. The judge may even laugh off the embarrassing question and call a recess in a display of false authority in an attempt to change the subject in the court reconvened. Don't let it pass. Keep the issue in his, uh, uh, in his face, his or her face, until they adequately resolve. Do not move on until you get the answer. More lame excuses. You might get, I'm sorry, you have to talk to the legislatures about that, only enforce the law, or you have to talk to a licensed attorney about that because I can't give you legal advice. Uh, this is not the proper form for addressing that question. That issue is not relevant to the case. Those are some of the excuses that they're going to give you when you try to do something. All right? This is what you will often get when the judge knows that he cannot answer your question without incriminating him, himself or herself. You must not let them get away without giving an answer or making a legal determination. Some award-winning comeback thought. So here are some of the combats you can use when they use this ridiculous shit in court. Yeah, I'm not contesting the law as you suggest. I'm merely demanding that you interpret it in accordance with your own oath of office. And I'm asking you to do your job as a referee and to identify the source of the law that you are interpreting. Or here's another one. Yana, you and I both know that the legislatures and you are all part of the same legislative branch. Exactly, because you're an Article One court. These are legislative courts. These are administrative courts. You do not know. You, 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 you're trying to act like the legislature is different from you. you, you you're an administrator for the legislature. This is the Article One court. That's why I'm asking you the question. I'm coming here to ask the question to make a determination whether or not I'm in an Article One court or an Article Three court. But if I ask it that way, they're going to try to give you contempt. I don't understand why. If I'm, I wish one of these people making these videos would answer that question. What kind of courts are we operating under in the United States of America? Are these Article One courts pursuant to Article One, Section Eight, Clause Nine of the Constitution, or then the Article Two, uh, Article Three, Section Two? You tell us if you're in, if you're right now in the chat. I want you I want you to tell us right now uh, which one of these courts, and I want you to put together an affidavit with your bitch ass, and I want you to send it in. I want you to post. I want you to sign an affidavit send it to the court system, and then put it on the screen and let us see that you swear under penalty of perjury that you know fully and understand that these courts were operating under their Article Three constitutional court. Now you're not going to do it. I'm not putting any URLs in chat. <laughs> the URLs in the description. Here's another one. Your Honor, I'm not asking you for legal advice. I have my legal counselors for that. I'm simply asking you to kindly identify yourself, the court's legal jurisdiction, and the nature and cause of the accusation. I'm asking you to identify the code of written law which supports your ruling. I'm asking you to do your job. Now, please answer the question. Or another one, Your Honor, if this is not the form for addressing the issue, then how can you now legally apply the issue for the first time in this case? If this is not the proper form, then I motion the court to provide the form required to resolve this issue before we proceed. These are, you know, these are, you know, it is your ignorance of the law is no excuse. It is every citizen's responsibility to know the Constitution for the United States of America and how to utilize it to defend yourself when you're in any, any kind of confrontation with a public servant who is sworn to uphold the Constitution. Fuck these goddamn people making these damn videos on YouTube. You look like clowns. The one I'm looking at, this thing got tattoos all over. He looks like he's Asian, got on some glasses, and he sounds like a fucking idiot. Go tell him I said it, because I want to make a video about him. I, I, I swear to God, these guys, they work for the government. I believe they work for the government. Straight up. Let's, look at, let's, let's keep going. And down here, 
strategy, stand on the Sixth Amendment and expose the truth. This is by far the most effective and successful strategy we have seen. And it is simply enough for, uh, and it is simple enough for anyone to master. But there are some details that you will have to know cold. Here you are using the fact that you can't reveal their own here you are using the fact that they cannot reveal their fraudulent amnesty jurisdiction. Uh, it is the most important secret to protect and keep off the record. And that's why they act the way they do. When you go in and start asking them these questions, watch how they act. They're disrespectful. They get angry for no reason. And then they make have people to make YouTube videos to try to support the, uh, the conduct of the judge in the court as if the judge has some inherent right to be disrespectful to a citizen of the country when he simply asks you to reveal the nature and cause of an accusation pursuant to the Constitution for the United States of America, something this fucking public servant has sworn to uphold. It goes on. Now, here is the one that everybody is using, forcing the judge into a corner. When the judge asks if you understand the charges against you, you say no. The judge will then probably try to intimidate you. They tell you right here in this book, when you go watch this video, you can see that's the, that's the very thing this judge is trying to do, intimidate Israel. You watch this video of this guy over here. Trick judge teaches young child. This guy right, this clown right here. This guy right here is a clown. This guy's a clown. Y'all read these comments section down over here. So this guy going to turn the traffic ticket into a life sentence. Like this idiotic response. They never want an attorney because they know a real attorney won't support their delusions. No, a real attorney ain't going to give you no type of defense. What you talking about? So show me. Somebody put together a website for attorneys. So they can put their win-loss records right there. You can go and post what 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 you have done to help somebody out of something. Ninety-eight percent of y'all, ninety-nine percent, all y'all do is do you know a a plea. Good reason. Some right to defend myself. However, I also wish to dismiss this case because I have no understanding of how to defend myself. And this this the type of clownish type shit they over here saying. It's sixty-five subscribers. This guy. Go over here again. What's what's the next? This is the problem with sovereign citizens. They all want rights, but none of the responsibility. What the fuck are you talking about? Judges need to immediately hold these sovereign citizens in contempt of court as soon as they start spewing their nonsense out of their mouth. You can't argue or reason with them. They will never understand how delusional they are. Who is this right here? What is this right here? No, this, who is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> right, right here. Let's get right here. Let's see. The judge is extremely patient, far more I expect than any judge to do in the face of such blatant opposition. This right here, this judge is extremely disrespectful. Extremely disrespectful. He was disrespectful and tried to use an intimidation tactic on the, on the gentleman. Let's get back. Right here. So right here you see what now this was written almost I, I read this twenty they were using this they used the same Technique that they used 20 years ago. Same damn technique. When the judge asks if you understand the charges against you, you say no. The judge will then probably try to intimidate you by explaining them again in a condescending or stern voice or by implying that you are lying. 
Here's where the you must politely present your need to have answers so that the judge must decide to answer your question. The judge will have to ask you exactly what it is that you do not understand. No problem, just a reply. Your Honor, the Sixth Amendment to the United States Constitution grants me the right to know the nature and cause of this action. You are bringing against me, and it grants you the court the duty to tell me. I do not understand the nature and cause of this action which has been brought against me. The judge will have to allow you to ask him or her questions, no exceptions. The judge will probably say, what is it that you would like to know? All right, so let's look at it. Let's go down here. So right here. Is this going to be civil or criminal action? If the judge answers that it is a civil action, which is not likely, then you must immediately object and move forward for dismissal. This is what you're going to see this guy in this video he didn't do. You want to start off by asking, is this civil or criminal? Okay. Then you must immediately object and then move, move for dismissal. The reason here is that you are now in the wrong court. The state cannot bring a case against you and judge its own case. It cannot be both party to and judge of its own action. On the other hand, if the judge answers that it is criminal action, most likely, then you can make the following announcement on the record. Thank you. Let your honor, let the record of this court then show that the action against you, uh, uh, you is a criminal action. Now I have another question. Your honor, the Constitution grants this court two criminal, uh, different criminal jurisdictions. One is under the uh, common law jurisdiction. It's what this guy, the mistake he, he keeps making, and a lot of people keep making, they keep asking the judge to explain something. You tell him. But there's only two criminal jurisdictions, sir. He's not going to disagree with you. So we only have common law jurisdiction and admiralty slash maritime. That's it. Those are only two jurisdictions granted by the Constitution that have some sort of criminal aspect attached to them. Equity doesn't have a criminal aspect attached to it. Criminal first. You're asking is it civil or criminal, because once we eliminate civil, that eliminates equity. So we're talking about common law, which we know they're not operating under the common law, which only leaves admiralty maritime, which they'll try to say is the law of the sea, which as soon as you hear them say that, you know they haven't done even a cursory investigation into the subject to get an understanding that admiralty, while it is the law of the sea, it doesn't have to do with the sea. It has to do with the subject matter, which is commerce. And I got the case law to support it. It goes on. One is a criminal jurisdiction and the other is common law, and the other is a criminal action that constitutes a condition of contract on the criminal aspects of a culpable admiralty jurisdiction. Under which of these two jurisdictions does this court intend to try this criminal action? You're asking the question with knowledge. You're not just saying, what jurisdiction are we under? No, he said, look, I've read the Constitution. I know the jurisdictions that have been granted to our public servants. Okay? Now, you're saying this is criminal. Okay, there's only two criminal jurisdictions, common law and maritime admiralty. Now, to which two are you tying this criminal action? One requires a contract, which is what you are doing every time you get a uh, driver's license, social security card, put your children in public school, or take any type of benefit or privilege. That is called a minimum contact, and it is a grant of jurisdiction to the public. So right here. Not wanting to answer this question, not wanting to answer this, the judge might just dismiss the case now. But most will still try to go ahead with it. The only choice now are to admit to which jurisdiction applies or to avoid answering. Get an answer. If the common law criminal jurisdiction were to be declared, which is what the mistake this young man did, he started talking about there's no contract and talking about injured parties. We didn't even define, well, first of all, if it was common law, you're making determinations right, at which there ain't been no determinations made on anything. 
That's why I see people make mistakes that go in court and allow these people to come out and make these sovereign citizen videos and make everybody look foolish. Because you don't do, you, you have not got this stuff locked down tight before you go into court. All this stuff should be memorized verbatim, word for word. Every possible excuse that he, get, he comes with, you should already be, uh, uh, be ready for. He says, not wanting to answer this, I'm reading this right here, not wanting to answer this, the judge might just dismiss the case now, but most will still try to go ahead with it. The only choice is now or to admit to its jurisdiction applies or to avoid answering, get an answer. If the common law criminal jurisdiction were to be declared, then you win by default of no sworn complaint by an injured party and no injured party present. That's what the judge said. We're going to get a sworn complaint when they come back and they reconvene. I was seeing the look on his face. You know, he was looking very go Y'all go watch the video. There's no evidence of all of you interfering with anybody's life, liberty, or property. The case must be dropped. Uh, if instead the admiralty criminal jurisdiction were to be declared foolishly, they, they ain't going to tell you that. But some might. Then you must be prepared to follow ultimate plan B. Therefore, most likely, here's where the judge will probably start squirming and just try to avoid answering. I advise you to get a licensed attorney for such legal advice. So here's where you would make a stand by saying, thank you, John, but I don't think that you'd be violating your oath of office if you did your duty under the Constitution. <laughs> legal advice. What I want to know is your legal intent. And I have a, the right to represent myself in my own person without a license attorney. And in order to intelligently defend myself, I have to know the jurisdiction that this court is operating under because the rules of criminal procedure under a common law jurisdiction are very different from the rules of admiralty jurisdiction. I need to know which jurisdiction you intend to try me under in order for me to proceed with this case. Now, the Sixth Amendment grants you the right to know the jurisdiction being applied, and it grants you the duty to inform me. And I don't think you'd be violating your oath of office for doing so. But please answer the question. The judge just might dismiss the case here, but will probably continue stalling, which they do. He or she is, because they've been told not to tell y'all this jurisdiction. They're always going to get some answer like, oh, this is a statutory jurisdiction. And that's where you got to be prepared to answer that. Show me the rules of criminal procedure for a statutory jurisdiction. It's going to get in here. He said the judge might dismiss the case here, but will probably continue stalling. He or she is most likely uh, to reprimand or threaten you for not getting a licensed attorney. The judge will imply that only licensed attorneys have this information, that you have to go see a licensed attorney in order to get this question answered. When this happens, say, thank you, Your Honor. Let the record of this court then show that I, with you, in this criminal action against me, have asked this court to divulge the nature and cause of the accusation upon the authority of the Sixth Amendment, and that this court has failed in its duty to inform me of the nature and cause of the action. Furthermore, let the record also show that this court intends to bring this criminal action against me under a secret jurisdiction that is known only to licensed attorneys. Oops, here's where a lot of judges will dismiss the case for whatever phony excuse, but there are still some diehards asking for more embarrassment. If the judge is still on to the case here, he or she will have to come up with an answer to question two. He or she will probably uh, make up something healthy up like, this will be a statutory jurisdiction. I hope you're satisfied with what they did to the young man. They're always going to say this as the last resort. Stop asking me if I'm in and out. I don't give a fuck if I'm in and out. I don't need you to keep telling me that. Pay attention to what I'm trying to tell you. Read the damn, read the damn thing. No, there's an issue with the mic.
Let me see if this is better. Is this better? How does this sound? I thought I had the mic issues resolved. How does it sound? Too loud is all this. I'm look, man, I'm y'all moving around, man. I'm not I'm, this is why I haven't been live streaming. Now you wanna know. Why I'm not live streaming. I'm not live it's too loud. You're going in and out. You know, like look, look, look man. <laughs> You're too loud. Bear through it and get it. I bear with it and get it. So here it is. Here's what you want to ask them next. Here's what you want to ask them next. Thank you. You have a copy of the, and, and that's what really what I'm trying to do right now is just get y'all to read the damn book. You know, it, I'm showing y'all where to get the information. You need to study this. I'm looking at people going into court, and they going into court half ass. You know, they going into court. They're not really even. They're not even really. They're not presenting it. This guy who just went in there, he didn't present it the right way. It says, you have a copy of the rules of criminal procedure under a statutory jurisdiction in your office about the ball. What does this nature, cause, and jurisdiction information exist? You know of a law library anywhere that has a copy of these rules. Since I'm defending myself proper, isn't it your duty to specify which rules of criminal procedure will be used so that I may conduct a fair defense and a fair trial? You must tell me where I can access a copy of the rules. This is where you will win. The judge must either lie or dismiss. The truth is that they have just committed to a statutory jurisdiction, and there's no such thing, not to mention no official published rules to you. In some cases, the judge will make faces at the prosecutor to do a motion to dismiss for some other phony reason, either way you win. And let me say this. When you go and watch this video, you're going to see this judge commit to a statutory jurisdiction on this young man's face right here. This judge teaches. He's teaching him a hard lesson. He ain't teaching any hard lesson. He's only the people who are ignorant and don't know anything about the Constitution or know anything about their rights or the application of the Constitution, the nature and causes of action. Uh, they are unaware that we have Article One courts and Article Three courts. You're unaware of what an administrative judge is as opposed to a law judge that, has, uh, that, uh, that operates under Article Three. You don't know all of these things. You don't understand, you know, you don't understand uh, 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 that we have a legislative, executive, and judicial branch of government. And that each one of them, they form checks and balances on each other. Let me get back. I just wanted to put this out here for you right now. You can find these documents in the description of this video right now. Do not ask me where they're at. You need to you need to commit it to memory. I, another good one. Another good question asked for. Right here is for traffic tickets. Right, use this information. In the intro, is something very good. You need to commit this to memory. This right here. 
I simply do not understand the nature and cause of the accusation with regard to the elements of personal jurisdiction, venue, and the nature of the action until the prosecution properly alleges them. I'm therefore able to enter a plea to the charge until I've had an opportunity to raise a meaningful defense against these elements. I cannot rebut an unstated presumption. That's a very pro- that's a very professional way of challenging jurisdiction. To memory verbatim. Also, this letter to the judge, which is the best I've ever seen. This is the best letter I've ever seen written to a judge. Right here. This letter, this is a badass letter to a judge. The Honorable so-and-so, when I specially visit your court on a forced response on such-and-such date to a bill of pains and penalties issued by the officer, employed by the police agency, employed by the corporate your state, I move this court and you, judge, to take judicial notice that my special visitation is forced, that my visitation is special and not general, since there is notice of, since this is notice of my timely and specific objection to the presumptions upon which a false conclusion of law has been made administratively in regard to my status before this court. Now, let's look at special appearances. You've got a lot of guys out there who try to act like special appearances don't exist. So I'm going to pick up special appearance in the university. Now, when you log in to SEC University, everything is in the, under the classroom section. This is where you want to spend most of your time at SCC University under the tab that says classroom. This is where you're going to get the bulk of all your information from. But I have a lot of legal dictionaries on here, as you can see right here. Of all, all the BBAs, all of them. So we're going to go to Blacks real quick. I'm going to pull up page and we're going to go to appearance. Okay, right here. A defendant pleading that either claims that the court lacks personal jurisdiction over the defendant or objects to improper service of process. A defendant showing up in court for the sole purpose of contesting the court's assertion of personal jurisdiction over the defendant. Special appearances have been abolished in federal court. This is why I try to tell people, people are always asking, where is the evidence that it hasn't been? This is why I read it. I read it when I was studying special appearances. That's what, that just showed me that none of y'all look up definition of words which should be the primary thing you should be doing if you're studying this information. The book that you should be opening more than any other book and studying any of this information is a dictionary. Also termed appearance, appearance, uh, divinity essay. Divinity essay means for another day. Appearance under protest. All right? These are different words you can use. All right? So right here we have a general appearance. A general purpose appearance that weighs the party's ability to later dispute the court's authority to enter a binding judgment against him or her. So I don't want to go over here making videos referencing special appearance, special appearance, and all of this kind of stuff. You read the definition right here in the law dictionary. You can see what a general appearance is and a special appearance. I just don't understand. And for, if you are the type of person that allows people to make videos like that to bring you into doubt or confuse you, you just don't do things like this. You don't pull up a dictionary and just read it for yourself. You get a membership to this site for $35 for one week if you want. If you want a membership, go over there and hit the link and see how much it costs. Go to my home page. Right here, it says new members. You can register right here. You got a $35 weekly class. You got a monthly membership, $119. 
I got a yearly membership of eight forty nine. I got a lifetime membership of fifteen ninety nine. Does that answer your question? You see how easy that was. Anyway, we got a download section right here. These are these where you're gonna find a lot of books outlined of the constitution right here. This right here is showing you what is going on with your judicial system today. As you can see, this is the Constitution for the United States of America. There are two constitutions. There are two. They look exactly alike, so don't ask me what are the differences. They're worded exactly the same. A, a constitution can be used to form a corporation. I hope you all know that. But right here, this is the Constitution for the United States of America. You have a Constitution of the United States. And they mirror each other. But what has happened is because we have a delegation of powers doctrine, okay, through that doctrine, the legislature has, has started to exercise legislative, judicial, and executive powers under one branch. This is the deception that they're trying to hide from anybody, and they're doing it through the administrative agencies. And this is all due to the fact that everybody has a Social Security number, which belongs to the government, with evidences that you have a federal citizenship, which means you fall under their jurisdiction, which is a territorial jurisdiction. If you got any of you, you people out there who disagree with what I'm saying, hey, the phone lines are open. You can call in right now. We can get to it right now because I'm in the mood for it. We can get to it right now. We can get to it because I'm tired of this one. She's kidding. 208-44-4487. You're on the line. What's on your mind? Hey, Yusuf, can you hear me? Hello? One, 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 one. Can you hear me? I got the number blocked out. Can you hear me? Hey, hold on, y'all. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I don't know what happened. It's audio. I'm going to get it back up. No, it's not going to run with audio. Someone with you guys. They ain't called. Y'all ain't trying to... Eight five six sixty sixty twenty nine. Yo yo. Yeah, I can hear you. You hear me? You got your hands up. I can hear you. What's going on, brother? How we doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Shoot, man, I had a question about the SPC process. I don't know if it's the right time for it. Yeah, you can ask questions. Ask questions. Got you. Hey, man, they making it real hard to get registered mail. Like, I was trying to get, like, a couple slips myself, and I was going to ask, like, is it a way to go around that? No, I've always, I've, they've always given people trouble getting registered mail. What you do is you go in there and you say, you know, look, I have a company. We sent out a lot of registered mail. I was wondering, uh, could I get a couple of registered mail receipts? 
I've never had a problem getting registered mail because, first of all, I know how to present myself in a post office. I understand what registered mail is for. You know, we deal heavily with negotiable instruments, and we send a lot through the registered mail. And I'd like also, I'd like to get a registered mail book to log all my registered mail mailings in it, as well as the registered mail receipts. They may not give you a whole roll, but they'll give you enough. You know, sometimes they'll give you a whole roll. And if one post office won't do it, go to another one. Right. I went to three around here, so I'm going to just keep trying. I'm definitely going to keep trying, but definitely wanted to get some insight from you. To they got to give you some registered mail receipts. They got them back there. Why would they not give you registered mail? They got to give you some. They had them right there at the counter, and I'm like, I can't get them? Now, I don't know what to tell you on that. Go to another post office. And go in there and just talk as if you got some sense and ask the people for they they have registered mail for you. That's what it's for for customers. For real. <laughs> Why would they? I even showed them in their handbook. I even showed them in their handbook where they can't even do that. Like you're supposed to give me what I'm asking for. You're not supposed to prepare it. You're not supposed to touch it. You're not supposed to do none of that. And he's looking at me like I'm stupid. I'm like, bitch, this is in your handbook. <laughs> Hey, go to another post office now. Or speak to the postmaster. Ask for the postmaster. Hell yeah, Ask I got you, brother. Good looking, man. Ask for him. Well, they shouldn't be. I've never had a problem getting ready for me. I don't understand. Yeah, they're giving me issues, but I'm going to definitely keep trying, though. All right. All right. Good looking, brother. Thank you. All right, you got it. Let's go to one one. Somebody got their number blocked out. One 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 one. For today, let let me see uh, what we got. Postmaster, we got the postmaster. All right, can y'all hear me okay now? Y'all hear me all right? I'm gonna I'm gonna take some questions and I'm gonna take. Okay, the first questions I'm asking is super chats and stickers. Okay, super chats and stickers. And let me go back and give a thank uh, thank you to all the people who gave me a super chat and sticker. Let me roll back up here and see who are the ones. And I can't see I can't see past uh, see uh, all the chat, y'all. But thank you, everybody who gave me uh, a donation in the chat. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Once again, announcement. I'm having a seminar. It's going to be on April 1st and April 2nd. It's going to be at the airport Marriott here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, the registration link is in the description of this video. Come on out. It's going to be very good. We, we, we put a lot of preparation in the listening. Y'all thought Houston, y'all, y'all thought Houston, Texas is good. Come check this one out. Atlanta, Georgia. They RM don't have the number strip anymore. See, Houston, they told me at the post office if I didn't change the L on my name, I couldn't get certified mail either. Why did they even know your name? I've never even had anybody at the post office asking my name to get certified mail. I'm going to go up there today and get certified mail and see what happens. Because I, I, I got like three rolls of it. 
You know, I've never had a problem. Vladimir Kev, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I remember you, Vladimir. Man, you've been, you been listening to me for a while, ain't you? I think you were saying Vladimir Kev. I haven't seen you in a while. I appreciate that. You get the stickers by hitting the little uh, button under that little dollar sign under the video or the, uh, you know, little dollar sign right there. Hit that little dollar sign that says Super Sticker and you have a Super Chat. Seminar we did in Houston, it was fantastic. I, I, I hadn't been on the road in a while, and that was beautiful. Houston, Texas, I always remember that uh, that seminar. That was, that was The energy was so great. There's so many people there. I appreciate it. Y'all made me feel like a rock star. <laughs> I want to thank everybody. That, that was great. It really was. And what statue do you cite? What do you mean, what statue do you cite? What statue? Wise Mind Consulting, LLC. You coming to Florida? I am going to come to Florida. How can we give you stickers? So you said the fair wire instructions are just a box of codes in it. No, I don't know where you got that from. The fair wire instructions are on the instrument. I don't know where you got the fair wire instructions are the codes in it. We're not using any codes. Thank you, Saul M. Thank you for taking my call. Two eight Erica probably on the, my end with the issue. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did take the call. See if I, I, don't, I don't know if you're still on. I'll see if I can open it back up again. Two eight eight four four eight seven. Two eight four four eight seven. The Greek surgeon, thank you so much. The Magnificent Dome, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Please use some nice glasses working. I find instructions on studying case on SCCU and how to fill out a 1099 OID for a tax refund. All right, well, there is all that information is on the University. Um, the whole section on go to the classroom. We got our PDF section. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna show nobody how to fill out a 1099 OID here. We have a folder. I got a 1099 OID folder with all all the information you want on 1099 OID right there. Documents showing you how to fill it out and all kind of things. And what is, what what was the other question? Okay, as far as case law is concerned you go over here to our, uh, um, that's my PDF library. Right here, you will see I have Somebody's working on the site. It looks like they, they're taking it down temporarily. But as far as case law, when you study case law, you want to study American jurisprudence. That's why I always advise people to start out with case. Start out with, uh, with American jurisprudence. 
start there, or you can go to this is this is always a good place to go if you want to study case law. Like for instance. Go ahead, be the scholar, put in case law, not put in private stuff. Anybody in case come up, they talk about private stuff. So that those are some resources for you. I have American jurisprudence on there too. I, I'm gonna have to look for it when I get off. I wanna thank people for the super chats again. Shaded man. I please J D, thank you, J D. I appreciate you. Something like, appreciate you. Center of our bar, is the seminar companion registration available yet? I have trouble adding it to the part. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you. Seminar companion. Oh, oh, the companion. Okay, I have that ready for you today. I will. Just be patient. When I get off, it'll be ready when I get off. Uh, the Magnificent Dome. Appreciate the glasses. Appreciate you. Geek Surgeon, thank you. Saul M, thank you. JD, thank you. Vladimir Chess, thank you. Okay, I think I got everybody. Okay, I appreciate I appreciate those donations. Donations are good. I mean, you know what? Let me tell you something, man. The way that YouTube runs, you know, I would do everything just on YouTube and not even worry about a website if donations and everything was like that. You really could. You know, if these people just donate, and do things, you just do it on YouTube. You know, I would prefer to do it that way. <laughs> I, I actually would, you know, just do it on YouTube. So I'm going to try to call again. If I don't get through, I still appreciate uh, all that you do and the gems you be dropping. If you can't get in, call in, then um, just, uh, um, just uh, uh, email me. We'll try to arrange something. Uh, Big L, Yusuf, is a if, if the clerk doesn't want to give me the docket sheet saying the case was pushed to a higher court, what can I do? Well, I, I don't understand what you mean the case won't give you the docket sheet. On a lot of websites, you can just get it off the Internet, but why would they not give you the docket sheet? That's a copy of your – you have it in writing. That's what I do. I'm not if, – if they go in and tell me something and they say that they don't have to give it to me, then ask them for the statutory authority that states that they don't have to give it to you, they can't get it. Give them the statutory authority that if they move the uh, case to another court, that they no longer have a record of it. I never heard of that either. Dr. Swindle Hoodwick, this guy's a scammer, man. Fuck you. Get your bitch ass off my damn. Let me kick you the fuck off, man. If I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a scammer, why are you here? Why are you over here? Why are you over here if I'm a scammer? If I'm a scammer, are you saying... I want you to tell everybody this, Dr. Swindle, because his name is Dr. Swindle Hoodwing. I have 410 people on here. Are you saying that all 410 of these people are stupid? Is that what the fuck you're saying? It's always some old lame bitch-ass nigga coming down. You scamming people. I'm not scamming nobody out of nothing. But tell these people they stupid. Okay, Dr. Swim, if I'm a scammer, tell them how I'm a scammer to you. I'll give you the floor. You want to call in? Here, wait a minute. Hold on. I don't want you to call and tell me that to my face. Number is 563. Tell me the area code you're calling from. I'm going to put you on the mic. Call in 563-999-3616 and get on the phone with me. 
if you a real man. But if you ain't no real man, shut the fuck up and go find your nut. And I'm giving you an opportunity to call in and explain to these people how I'm a scammer. Phone number 310. I'm giving you the floor. He don't understand that I come from blog talk. I, I started my career like this. I started my career with concentration. I started my career in this with it. 251 0870. 251, you're on the line. Eric Code 251. Hello? Yeah, you're on the air, man. Okay, hold, hold on. Let me, I don't know if this is it. Okay, um, can you hear me, Yusuf? I can hear you loud and clear. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Because normally you, you normally you always call out the last four digits, so I didn't really know who you was talking to. But um. Yeah, I, I said I said two five one zero eight seven eight. But go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, look, this is the guy. Um, you probably don't remember me, but anyway, we talked, and I told you that I successfully sued the police in federal court. My channel uh, was it a uh, smart low TV? Anyway, this this is me. I want to know um, like how how can I get you? as a co-host on my show, and how much does it cost? <laughs> I don't charge money. I usually be very, very busy with my own stuff. Send me your information, uh, one of the emails that I have on my website. Send it to admin at sbcuniversity.com. Tell me, show me, give me your uh, your show, a link to your show, and what it is that you're doing. I'd be happy to come on there and be a guest or whatever. I don't know if I'm going to be a co-host, but... You know, I might, you know, I might, you know, I might could do it. I haven't done the co-host thing in a while, you know. It's just that getting, uh, I've just been busy, man, trying to, like, I'm writing a book. I'm trying to get um, organized and, you know, just a lot of things, you know. It's just I got inundated with so many things, and I just didn't have time. But I'll probably make time for an appearance or something like that. So, you know, and it doesn't cost anything. I don't charge for that. And I don't charge for that. Okay. Okay. Well, I do want to. I just want to compensate you for your time because I'm at the same time, you know, I'm trying to grow my channel and uh, you know stuff like that. But you know, I, okay, I if, if that's what you say, then you know that's what you say, huh? Is it on YouTube? Is it on YouTube? Yeah. It's, yes, sir. It's on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, what's the name of your channel? I'll give you. A, let me plug you right now. What's the name of your channel? It's uh, Smart Lope TV. S M A R T L O C TV and uh, y'all, y'all go over there and just follow this man and help him grow his channel. Don't cost you nothing to go follow somebody. So go follow him. Following is very important for YouTubers. You know we have to get up to a thousand followers before we can monetize our channel and all kind of stuff. So make sure that you know that you uh, go over there and follow this gentleman. Okay. I appreciate that. And uh, one more thing, like. To everybody that's listening, I know what I'm talking about. I teach law, by the way, and uh, I know what I'm talking about. If I don't know, then I'm just going to tell you I don't know. But you are right. The nature of the action is admiralty because they're bringing statutes. And stat- admiralty courts are civil law courts, and civil law is statutory law. And they ain't gonna never, they're not going to tell anybody this stuff, man. You can forget about that. They, they ain't going to ever tell you all this it, stuff. It's, it's the only thing it can be. 
if you do the do the process of elimination, it's not common law. They'll tell you that it's not common law, right? Mm-hmm. It's not equity. It's Hamilton Maritime. And I wouldn't say yeah, that, that's what it is. I studied the history of the Admiralty Courts and the Common Law Courts. They've always been at war with each other. And, you know, they try, mm-hmm. to, they try to pass it off like this is the law of the sea. It's not. Yes, it is the law of the sea. But it doesn't have to do with the sea. It has to do with the subject matter, which is common. Mm-hmm. And, what, they, know, what they're doing know, is. is what, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. I'll talk enough. Go ahead. Go ahead. What what I wanted to say was what they have done was they brought the law of the sea to land. It doesn't it like it, it doesn't matter if it's on if it's if it's in the water or not. It, it that's irrelevant. It just doesn't matter. Um, and that's what they did. And they're all they're all they're not they're not courts. They're all agencies. They're all executive agencies, yep. and they're exercising all three powers of government. That's what they're doing. All, that is exactly what they're doing. When I when I like people don't understand this stuff, Eustace. When I say administrative agencies, these people are no different than the Department of Motor Vehicles or the Food Stamps. You know, the Department of uh, Human Resources or um, you know, the FBI stuff like that. They're, they're executive administrators. That's what they are. All of them and that's why, are administrative that's why they agencies. Have to have a contract. That, that's why they have to have a contract for you to come into their jurisdiction. That's also why when they arrest you, they got to make sure you have a social security number first. You know, mm-hmm. they, when they, and I, they arrest you, they don't take you in front of the judge. They take you, fingerprints you, and do all that first because they got to make a determination. If you got a social security number, that is evidence that you have a federal citizenship and it falls within their territorial jurisdiction. That social security number is the killer. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's the. I, I would even go as far as saying that that is the the crux, like that's the minimum contact, so to speak. Um, that I, I guess that that um, that allows them um, to take cognizance and you know and just exercise jurisdiction over you, so to speak. It, it seems like it's a mixture of things, but I would say that that's I, I guess that's where the start is. I don't know if this phone hung up. Hello? I'm going to put it like this. I'm going to try to put this on the screen for you. If you go, if you're looking at the screen right now, when you said they exercise in all three, this is, I made this years ago. Right? The legislative branch of government is what this is all operating under. They are exercising That's right. legislative that is correct. judicial powers. And that is, through the, that is through the delegation of powers doctrine, through the executive agency. The legislature can uh, delegate powers to them to enforce their statutes. That's why they have judicial hearings and things of that nature. Man, it, you know, I, I did a lot of research into this, and, it, and that is exactly what it is. These are administrative agencies. I've said it a million times. You can even go in jail, like if you're in the Fed and you get a shot, and they take you and uh, they take you before your counselor or the warden. You know, they have a, a hearing. It is just, it's an administrative hearing, the same kind of yep. hearing they have in the court. That's exactly what it is. Administrative law throughout the entire judicial system. That is exactly what they're doing. Law. They're exercising judicial powers, but these are not Article Three. It's not Article Mm-mm. Three. It's Article One. This is what I'm saying. Article One, Section Eight, Clause Nine. Find any information on Article One, Section Eight, Clause Nine. They hide that information so much they don't even want y'all to know this stuff. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. 
they they call it um quasi legislative and quasi judicial authority, but it doesn't matter because they 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 treat it as if as if it was as if it was actually done by the legislature or, or as if it was actually done by the by the judicial branch of government. That's how they treat it. They treat it. They do act like that. It, that's why I'm saying they're exercising what are called judicial powers. Everything looks mm-hmm. like a court, and that's why you have to ask them this question. That's why they have the Sixth Amendment. And for someone to try to make a video that clowns someone, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean I'm talking about this. When you're out there and you're trying to make a video, and you're trying to clown someone for coming into court, and they're using the Sixth Amendment to understand the nation calls and the action, and you're out here making YouTube videos, and everybody in the comment section trying to clown them, I can tell you ain't nothing but an agent or something like that, or you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You haven't done any type of investigation into any of these subjects. It's admiralty, man. I found the statute in Alabama where has where all of the bonds are, the uh, the bonds in the um, you know for courts and stuff like that. And one day they they call them statutory bonds. That's what they call. Them. They they're not going to call it admiralty. They call it statutory bonds. Yeah, but anyway, it, or they'll call it mm-hmm. they'll call I, it creditor and debtor law or something like that. Like in Georgia, they call it creditor and debtor. They call it that under Title 18. Mm-hmm. I um but, I cross reference. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say um I cross reference um the buns uh mentioned in clerk's practice with those buns with, with the statutory buns and the the elements of each of those buns are very very are very similar. Yeah, they're, the they're very very similar. Yeah. Yep. Very. So it's that man, because undoubtedly, well, undoubtedly. Let me let me say this real quick. I want everybody to look at this. I want everybody to get this document. I want you. I, I challenge anybody out there who doesn't like what I'm saying to read this document and refuse what's being said in here. This document has all of the information. It's the secret of the special time maritime jurisdiction of the United States exposed within the most repugnant fraud ever perpetrated on the people of the United States of America. Right, and right here, we can get down here, and we, they got case law in here, some brilliant case law. Right here, the Supreme Court is held. There are no common law offenses against the United States. Only those acts which Congress has forbidden the penalties for disobedience of its command are crimes. United States versus Hudson and Goodwin, United States versus Coolidge, right, United States versus Lincoln. Actions to recover penalties imposed by acts of Congress generally, but not invariably, have been held to not be criminal process. are no longer within that category. And we get in here and we can see these judges have a discussion. Right here. Uh, uh, as, long, as, as long as 1851, the Supreme Court recognized that Congress has the power to extend the jurisdiction of the admiralty and maritime clauses to the land, under the Commerce Clause, I keep telling about it, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3, which is the Commerce Clause. Every, if you look at every federal indictment, it would say that you violated interstate commerce. That's a jurisdictional element. They look at anybody's indictment from the field. Tell me if I'm wrong. Okay? The people have a right to the trial by jury. The following holding by the High Court pretty much says it out. Power, let me blow this up because this is very important.
The power of admiralty jurisdiction is as extensive upon land as upon water. I hope this guy who made that video over there will recant his statement, talking about, oh, you know, you are, you are, you know, you are, you are, you defrauding the people. Shut the fuck up. And so I'm telling people where to do their research for themselves. The power of the admiralty is as extensive upon the land as upon the water. The Constitution makes no distinction in that respect. And if the admiralty jurisdiction in matters of contract and court, which the courts of the United States may lawfully exercise on the high seas, can be extended to the lakes under the power to regulate commerce, it can with the same propriety and upon the same construction be extended to contract and courts on land in the commerce is between different states. And it may embrace also the vehicles. I remember with the cars. It may also embrace the vehicles and persons engaged in carrying it on. It would be in the power of Congress to confer admiralty jurisdiction upon its court, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9, over the cars engaged in transportation passengers and merchandise from one state to another. That right there shows that what we keep talking about, that this right to travel and you having a license is only for business purposes, okay? And over the persons engaged in conducting them and denying to the parties the trial by jury. And they don't, yet most people don't have a trial by jury. That's why we call a trial by jury a, a dog and pony show. 98% of the people, they don't even go to trial. They, they, they made the system and put so much pressure on you that now you've got to plea out because they don't want this fraud to be exposed. That's why everybody's pleading out. Let me see. This is some good information. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Call in jail. What the fuck? He just asked me to be on his show. What the fuck is wrong with you? Somebody's a call in jail. I'm going to carry it on. It'll be in the power of the Congress to confer amnesty jurisdiction upon its courts over the cars engaged in transporting uh, passengers or merchandise from one state to another and over the persons engaged in conducting them and denied to the parties to trial by jury. Now, the judicial power in cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction has never been supposed to extend to contracts made on land and to be executed on land. But if the power of regulating commerce can be made the foundation of jurisdiction in its court and a new and extended admiralty jurisdiction beyond it, heretofore known and um, heretofore known and admitted limits may be created on water under that authority, the same reason to justify the same exercise of power on land. So there you go. So for all you people, I just gave you the case law and showed it to you. Go over there and watch that dude's video and, look, and watch some fools over there talking about, oh, this is admiral to the law of the sea. Anyone, only, the only person that would say something like that is definitely an individual who hasn't done any research, not even a tiny bit, who's just regurgitating what somebody else told him. Oh, that's admiralty, that's the law of the sea. I don't know what those idiotic sovereign citizens are talking about. Uh, there was one more thing I wanted to say. I didn't want to hold you up because I know you got other callers. Um, on a, uh, a warrant down here in Alabama, the warrant at the, at the bottom in quotations, it says a worthless negotiable instrument. That's what it says. And I just thought that was funny because, that, I mean, that only just proves the nature here of the action more for me. Here in Georgia, I went and did the research on warrants here. Um, they passed the warrant at um, the Treasury Department, and and the wow. judges get five dollars for every warrant they sign. They get five dollars for every warrant they sign, and warrants are checked. A warrant is a check. It's a check. 
they got to, that's a conflict of interest. That's unlawful. You got to avoid all of those trials. Every trial that judge set on, that's a violation of due process. They making money, man, putting liens on people. The creation of money is the creation of debt. Money is created through debt. Money is debt. So that's what they, when they say you have to pay your debt to society, they mean that. You're in a different kind of mm-hmm. these, uh These statutory charges have a value attached to them. When they charge you, when you look up the definition of charge in the Black Law Dictionary, under the fifth sense, you can see it's a lien. They're putting a lien against you, evidence okay. of a debt. And when you have a debt, they can sell it. They can discount it and sell it. That's what these municipal funds are all about. This is how they're funding government. I can't even believe anybody would even question it. Anyone with any any type of sophistication can hear and see what I'm saying and know I'm telling the truth. Uh, yeah, I, I can believe that. A lien. Let me see. In order for them to you know to place a lien on you, they have to they have to have a. I was gonna say they have to have a judgment, but it seems like they, they just do. have to have they, a um a, a huh. Oh, they do. But I'm going to show you here in Georgia, OCGA 17-11-1. You can see right here that they assess, do an assessment against you. You put it on the screen so everybody can see it. See right okay. Here. It says, the cost of prosecution, except the fees of his own witness, will not be demanded of the defendant until after trial and conviction. If convicted, the judgment may be entered. This word may means must. Okay, in law, we call it legalese. The judgment must mm-hmm. be entered against the defendant for all costs occurring in the committee uh, trial court and any officer pending the prosecution. The judgment shall be a lien from the date of his arrest on all the property of the defendant. The clerk shall issue an execution in the judgment against the property. Now, you're right. It's, it's, it doesn't become a lien until they get a judgment. When they get a judgment on you, it's a lien. It becomes a lien. Oh, now, so why you when you say judgment, you mean conviction. Why you go in and ask them. Yeah, it has to be out of conviction. So right here, I'll okay. Because I, I actually went to the law library and read this. And let me see if I got the book right here. It is.
I request that the Honorable Judge Director Prosecutor to produce the assessment for the charges, along with a certified auditor of all transactions, including vouchers, as well as all disbursement documents and receipts. You have to ask these people for this stuff. Ask them for the big bond. Go in and ask them. Watch their reaction. You have to watch these people's reaction because they're lying. They're lying. So you got to look at their body language. You can't look at what they say out of their mouth. Okay. I've done a lot of that. I've done a lot of that. I've had one judge, he told me it wasn't common law. He did that on the record, actually. Um, He he wouldn't say it was admiralty. He wouldn't say it it wasn't admiralty. He he just never – he never said anything else. After that, after he told me it wasn't coming along. Only, only answer I've ever heard any of them say is statutory. I had a judge tell me under the uh, Georgia statute and the Georgia Constitution. He said, I took exception to the way you framed that question. Because I asked him, you know, the way I was telling him. I asked him, you know, he, told, he said that to me. But this little, this is why I want people to go over there and watch that video. Go watch that video. Of this, go over this channel and look at that video and see what that dude, how he's trying to clown this guy. He's coming into court challenging jurisdiction and watch how the judge is reacting. All the people in the comment section, they don't know what's going on. But I'm looking at the judge. He's doing all of the stuff they've been instructed to do. They were being instructed to be disrespectful, cut these intimidation tactics, threaten you with um, contempt of court. And all you're doing is asking, Yana, yeah, I'm just asking proclamation calls and asking. There's only four jurisdictions. There's only four. Common law, equity, amnesty, maritime. Common law. Yep. I just asked you if it's yeah, yeah. criminal. You said criminal, so it's not equity. That means amnesty maritime. That's, mm-hmm. that's that's what it is, man. I'm 100 percent sure that's what it is. That's that's what it is. If you if if you know what you're talking about, they'll go so far as they'll they, For me, they always had. Um, they started to have special settings for me, where it would just be me in one courtroom by myself with like three or four police officers, a bailiff and a judge. And that would be it. It wouldn't be nobody else in this courtroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, That's what they would do for me. That's what they do. They'll do that. They, they, they try to test you. They'll ask a lot of questions to see if you know what you're talking about. They'll, they'll play dumb is what I'm trying to say. They want to see if you, they ask you a lot of discovery questions. To see if you know what you're and talking about. When they put people on, on, on video on YouTube, those be the people don't know what they be doing. And I listen to them. Mm-hmm. They don't know what you're doing, man. But I give them a pro- Anybody with a videotape me the first time going in court, I look like a bumbling fool too. I was sitting up there. I'm gonna hold in details. Here's the third party. I don't even know what holding details mean or nothing. I'm just up there seeing shit. And they, but but I knew I was onto something because of their reaction. Everybody was scared, you know what I'm saying? It was like, I'm like, hey, shit, what did I just do? I didn't even know what I said, but I was looking at everybody's reaction. What people have to understand is that they have meetings quarterly about all this stuff. All the judges, they have an internet where they get together and they have discussions, and they all come together and make decisions on how they're going to handle it. They have a book called The Sovereign Citizen's Handbook. Let me uh, put this out. You can see Uh, 
and you know right here the anti-defamation league, all these people are communists, man. That's another thing. You got to understand that y'all government has been taken over by, by liberals, communists, all these people, man. They is not for the republic. There's the group of people that's against all of this. I had to put that together, two and two together with that, too. Well, who are these people, the people in control of the media? Y'all be, y'all going to see for yourself? Y'all been taken over by communists, man, socialists and Marxists. That's who these people are who are denouncing that you're a sovereign. These are leftists. These are, these are, these are communists, man. Y'all better understand what's going on in your country. They, they, they have a vested interest in keeping you ignorant of the, that the fact that the American people are sovereign. I can agree with that. If you go and read the cases, every state has held that the people of all of those states are sovereign, every single one of them. In order, in order for you to even be sovereign, I mean, in order for you to even create a state, you got to be sovereign. If you if you if you're not in order for the government, in order for the government, this is what the in Chisholm versus Georgia, the first Supreme Court case, that judge mm-hmm. said it better than anyone. He said, "How y'all gonna be sovereign? The people gave you power. The people can't give you a mm-hmm. power they don't have. Mm-hmm. The people had to be they sovereign in order people, for the man. government to be sovereign. Yeah, and exactly. Sovereign. They're creatures that of the, the people. That's why they is a, they can't change the constitution. They can only Say that again. Change it. And it's a, it's a qualified sovereignty that they exercise. It's only within that territorial mm-hmm. jurisdiction that they exercise what is called plenary power. It's called the plenary mm-hmm. power doctrine. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. That's right. If, if they were sovereign, I can guarantee you that they would not need the people's permission to change the Constitution. The people can change the Constitution whenever they want. They can do it right now in every state if they want to, everywhere, because they're sovereign. They don't want. They want to act. They don't want people to know that though, because they're trying to bring in a new world order. And the first step in bringing in the new world order is dumbing down to the population, and then making them believe there's something other that they have all the power, and you don't have no taste or nothing that they do. And, that, and the media is the one that's in control of that. And also putting plants on the internet, like coming into this chat room, uh, making statements. All those statements under the videos that people are saying to give the impression that a lot of people are saying, "Oh, these people are idiots." No, nah, man, this is all planned. Y'all don't fall for it. Do not fall for it. Don't fall for it. These people got to concern. They, have, they are just like how they stole the election. What do you think they're doing on the Internet? Hey, man, I got to go. I appreciate your call, brother. I appreciate it, all right? All right. Thank you for letting me shout myself out, man. I appreciate that. All right, no problem. All right, y'all, let me say this. I got to go. I've been on two hours now. I got to go. But I wanted to say this. I want to thank everybody. Um, once again, I'm having an event here in Atlanta, Georgia. It's going to be on April 1st and April 2nd. It's going to be at the Airport Hilton. The registration link is under this video. Also, if you want to join SCC University and see what it's about, you can do so for one week for $35. You can see everything that's going on. I'm going to go I'm about this uh, starting on Monday. I'm going back and doing classes from SCC University. I've been traveling. I've been doing a lot of things, but I'll come back. And I'm starting to crank up the classes again, all right? Anyway, I want to thank everybody for coming out. Peace to the gods. See y'all on tomorrow. I'm trying to do another show tomorrow. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.